The best gifts are not material, but spiritual, not temporal, but eternal, and not earthly, but heavenly. In the book of Ephesians, we discover a rich list of what God has given to His children. Let's join Scott Pauley now as we open this portion of Scripture and take inventory of all spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Those are the words of Psalm 133 and verse number 1. And it has always been God's heart for His family members, His children, brethren, to be together in unity. Every parent knows how terribly disappointing and disruptive it is when the children don't get along. Imagine how our Heavenly Father must feel. We've come today in our walk through the book of Ephesians, looking at all these spiritual blessings that we have, to the opening verses of Ephesians chapter number 4. Now, in the recent studies, we have seen the divine wisdom, the divine love, the divine power, and now we come to the divine unity. You see, God's divine resources affect every relationship in life. They not only connect us to God, they connect us in the right way to people around us. Listen to the opening verses of Ephesians 4. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Let, let me pause just a moment. You say you're a Christian? Then live like one. You profess to know Jesus? It ought to look like it. We say we believe so many things, but do they really change the way we behave? He's moving here, you see, from the doctrinal to the practical. He, he's moving, as he so often did, from what we have in Christ to what we're to do with it. So walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. And then he tells us what that looks like. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep, here it is, the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. It sounds to me like the key word here is one. <laughs> there are seven of them. God's perfect oneness. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Uh, do you get the picture? Our God is a God of oneness. Think of this, the Trinity, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who, who by the way, are all three mentioned in this passage are not separate, they are one, the great three in one. Uh, there is a, a beautiful diversity in their work, and yet there is a beautiful unity in their person. That's exactly what is to be reflected among God's people. Look, we're all different. Uh, there is a beautiful diversity in the family of God. In fact, in the next verse, verse 7, it says, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. God gifts us all differently. But don't miss this. In the diversity, we must never forget that God always wants unity. God wants in us what is true in Him. And what is true in Him? Perfect unity. That's why the Bible says in verse 3, the unity of the Spirit. This is a spiritual principle. And frankly, carnal people cannot live it. When you walk in the flesh, 
when you're full of yourself and I'm full of myself, there is no way we can live with the unity of the Spirit like God wants us to have. That's why you see so much division in families today. Ephesians has a classic passage on the home. God wants unity in the home. That's why you see so much division in churches today. Uh, Ephesians has the classic passage on the church. God wants unity in the church. Somebody said that most churches are more like goat pens than sheepfolds because everybody's always butting heads all the time. Friends, it's not supposed to be that way. When a lost world looks at the church, they ought to see brethren dwelling together in unity. That is why all of our pride has to die. All of our criticism has to stop. All of our gossip has to end. All of our unnecessary feuds and strife and contention has to be put to death. Why? Because it's the only way to see the power of the Holy Spirit in action. You remember in our last study, we talked about divine power. Isn't it fascinating? Remember, there's no chapter divisions when the scriptures were originally given. So you move directly out of chapter 3 and God's abundant power and His glory into this discussion on unity. If you want to see the power of God, friend, then we have to get on the same page with the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, how do you get everybody to agree? You don't. It's impossible to get everybody to agree. Here's what we have to do. I don't have to always agree with you, and you don't always have to agree with me, but we all have to agree with God. We have to be on the same page with the Holy Spirit of God. Read the book of Acts again. In the early days of the New Testament church, when was the power most demonstrated? The answer, when we were in one mind and one accord. There was a beautiful oneness. The Holy Spirit always travels the highway of unity. When God's people are fighting with one another, they're actually fighting against God because they're grieving the Holy Spirit of God. The old Puritan Thomas Brooks said, For wolves to worry the lambs is no wonder, but for one lamb to worry another, this is unnatural and monstrous. I say amen to that. There's enough wolves in this world. The lambs don't need to be giving each other a lot of trouble. A.W. Tozer wrote that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other. (laughs) Can I tell you, the only way we can be in tune with one another is we've got to get in tune with the Holy Spirit again. I say again, this is spiritual. This doesn't begin with you getting right with someone else. It begins with you and I getting right with God. When we get our heart right towards God, our attitude right towards the Lord, and we begin to see others like God sees them and feel towards them as the Holy Spirit feels towards them, then we will be in tune with one another. Now, let me say this. Unity is not the goal. I know some people in places where they've made unity the goal. We just got to get together. We got to get together on this. And so they sacrifice truth. They, they compromise biblically held convictions Uh, They remove distinctions. That's not what I'm talking about. Unity is not the goal. Unity is the byproduct of being in step with the Holy Spirit. The key here is that it's not just unity. It is, in the words of Scripture, the unity of the Spirit. It is not human unity. It is divine unity. The nature of it is this. It's all wrapped up in who God is, what God says, and what God wants. Now, I'm going to tell you this. On a practical note, you got to work at it. 
You have to work at it. You see, theologically, you can believe everything I've just said. Biblically, you can preach the opening verses of Ephesians chapter 4 on oneness and say, yes, we, we believe that. But practically, now this is where the rubber meets the road. This is really where the rubber slides all over the road. This is where it gets difficult and tricky. Listen to verse 2. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I don't know about you. That sounds like you have to work at this, that it doesn't happen by accident. It happens on purpose. That's why Jesus did not say, Blessed are the peacekeepers. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, because frankly, somebody's got to make peace. Doesn't that sound like Jesus? He came to make peace. He came to make a way so we could have peace with God. Praise his holy name. And what does the Holy Spirit come to do? To speak God's peace into our lives. Friends, you get close to Jesus, and you get filled with the Holy Spirit, and you'll become a peacemaker too. You'll work to be the initiator that says, by the grace of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It is a spiritual blessing when we learn this powerful truth of divine unity. May the Lord help us not just to know it, but God help us to live it today. Isn't it amazing what God has made available for His people? Our sincere prayer is that you will discover all that God has for you and be led to true thanksgiving, worship, and praise. Join us again next time as we continue our study of the Word of God. Until then, thank you for listening. We would love to hear how God is at work in your heart and home. Visit us today at enjoyingthejourney.org.